The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on Sirius XM Triumph, Channel 132. Taylor Swift is getting ready for a performance, not on stage, but in a federal courtroom. Swift is being sued by former KYGO DJ David Mueller. Swift claimed Mueller's hand grabbed her backside inappropriately, and his radio station fired him. This TMZ picture showing the two together will be at the center of the trial. Look at where his hand is. It's an odd spot. My hand was never under her skirt. I never grabbed her. Taylor Swift on the stand in emotional and raw testimony. It seems to be getting worse as people in the courthouse are asking, why did this guy bring a lawsuit against Taylor Swift? And when you take a look at that photo, you can see her just cringing away from his hand on her bare backside. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. But first, a major development in the search for Chase Masner, the golden boy who goes missing. 
seemingly leaving his wife, his two little girls, and his mom behind in a cloud of dust. While authorities insisted he just was living off the grid, the family never believed that. Along with their friends dubbed Team Chase, they were right and police were wrong. We now know Chase Masner's body has been found buried in the backyard of a so-called best friend, Brad Clement. Clement goes on the run, but in the last hours, Brad Clement apprehended. Joining me from Channel 46, Daniel Wilkerson. Daniel, quickly, how was he arrested? He was found, Nancy, in a public parking lot. He had rented a U-Haul, I'm told, in a fictitious name. When he didn't return at U-Haul in time, uh, somehow uh, cops were on to him. They uh, traced that U-Haul and the cops showed up there in the public parking lot and took him down. Whoa. The photo of him face down in the rain made me feel a tiny bit better. Not so for the family of Chase Mazder and his two daughters who will grow up without a dad. Joining me from Crime Online is Lee Egan. Lee, this was not a fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants operation here. I mean, wasn't his car found at his mother's home with the tag changed? It was um, when Detective... Twigs went out there initially. He did see Brad leaving in that car, so we thought maybe he would be in that car driving away, but obviously he wasn't. They uh, traced him to a U-Haul van in the public's parking lot, and when he was walking out, I'm hearing he was barefoot, walking in the rain. They grabbed him, arrested him, and it came from tracing the U-Haul and possibly from tips that came in from other people. I want to thank right now everyone. Sending in tips from SiriusXM 132 and Crime Online. Your tips have been vital to this investigation. Authorities have arrested Brad Clement barefoot in the pouring rain. Still unclear whether he knew cops were coming, whether he was tipped off. But he was leaving the grocery store parking lot when authorities spotted him having been living in a U-Haul on the run, attempting to leave the jurisdiction. And now... Will we get answers regarding the death of Iraqi war vet Chase Masner? We are taking your calls, and I want to go first out to Sherry Dunn, who has been involved in the search for Chase Masner. Sherry, weigh in. I'm, of course, over the moon that they have caught him. It should have been done a long time ago. Um, I'm just more than thankful for you guys for not stopping and helping this family get answers. You know what? I, I'm with you on that. I'm just really relieved we've at least gotten to this milestone. Kim Harris from Team Chase. Kim, when you learned that Brad Clement had just been apprehended, what was your first reaction? Relief. I was absolutely relieved, and I, I won't lie, I, I loved seeing that picture. But the last six days have been gut-wrenching. The last three and a half years have been, but this last six days, Stephanie needed relief and, and she admitted to getting a sense of relief last night. Stephanie, of course, is Chase Masner's mom. Very quickly to Brian Hopkins from Team Chase joining us. All Team Chase calling in right now in response to finally an arrest in this case. Brian Hopkins, what was your first thought when you saw that photo of Brad Clement face down in the parking lot? Just uh, glad that it finally happened. Um, this could have all been done a long time ago and everybody could have been, you know, way past it. You know what, uh, Brian Hopkins, that's a really good point. From the very beginning, he, Brad Clement, was asked over and over by Team Chase 
to let them bring dogs in the backyard. He always had an excuse why they couldn't come in the backyard. Police did not follow up. With me also is Mike Swiger from Team Chase. Mike, thanks for being with us. When you look back and see all the signs that were handed to police on a silver platter, it's distressing. It's upsetting. That's true. But in the end, they got the guy. Now we're just waiting for the truth to unfold. What do you think? It's just an overwhelming uh, feeling of, 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 of victory and, and accomplishment. We, we found Chase. The bad guy's in jail, and they're going to interrogate him. And uh, I just feel like we, we really went all the way for Chase. And I'm just very proud of everyone right now. You know what? You really, you really did go all the way for Chase. Uh, we're staying on top of the Chase Masner story. Daniel Wilkerson with us from Channel 46. Daniel, what's next? We've got to keep in mind, even though police have, or a medical examiner, along with police, have told us that they are uh, pretty sure this is the body of Chase Masner. Um, we're thinking that the uh, Department of Defense, they're going to send those dental records uh, at any point. But at this point, Stephanie, I uh, spoke with her right after uh, he was, Brad Clement was arrested. Of course, she knows. Uh, that this is Chase, and police are pretty sure of it as well. Uh, I can also tell you, Nancy, this wall went down in a shopping center, right, a public parking lot. It's one of those developments that they're building where they build a lot of shop the shopping center, and then they build all the apartments around it. I just happened to be in the same shopping center at Costco shopping when this went down. Um, I heard the helicopter, didn't think anything of it. I then left uh, Costco and went to Target, and as soon as I got into the Target, I got the call from Stephanie that he had been found. That is Brad Clement. We are on top of it and following the story very closely. We do know that Brad Clement, in court, will bring you the latest as the story unfolds. The question now really remains, was it intentional or was it an accident? We are switching gears now to Taylor Swift in court and joining me from RadarOnline.com, Alexis Terezchuk. You know, Alexis, the more I look at that photo, it is very clear to me. She is cringing away from him. He's got his hand up her skirt, for Pete's sake. And that's what she's alleging. He, is, of course, says it's not true. And her mother made it so clear to me because when I looked at the picture in the beginning I thought oh yeah you can see his hand is down low but she points out that that dress was bunched up in the back and she says Taylor doesn't have hips she's as skinny as can be and and to me that proves that this is it that and Taylor's amazing testimony when you say amazing testimony it has been described so far as sharp on point basically the superstar Taylor Swift saying this DJ groped her in a devious and sneaky act. Those are her words, not mine. Give me a recap of what she has said so far on the stand. I'm talking about pop star Taylor Swift. She got on the stand. She was so confident. She was so calm, and she wasn't afraid of the questions from her attorney or the man who she says, and she kept repeating, this man grabbed my ass cheek. She would not back down. She said, this is fact. I know it happened. She said he grabbed me. She tried to scoot away, and she couldn't get away from him no matter what she tried to do. And she said, I, I knew it was him. I knew what he was doing. 
And like many victims, she said, I was basically frozen. I had no idea how to react to this. It had never happened to me before. I went on autopilot. I was so scared. Well, this is what she says. These are her words. She says, and I quote, I'm not going to allow you or your client to make me feel this way, to make me feel it was my fault because it wasn't. And she seemingly testified with a confidence, flashes of humor during a full hour on the stand. She kept repeating that the DJ, Mueller, put his hand up her dress and grabbed her bare rear end as he posed for a photo with her. Don't you know? If this is true, Alexis Therese Chuck, what a big laugh he got with his buddies afterwards. Exactly, and and that's the thing. And, and she said, you know, he was so crazy. Alexis, it makes me so mad. I could chew and I could chew a nail in half. I'm just so mad about the whole thing. And yes, Alexis, I have prosecuted rapes, sodomies, child molestations, serial rapes. You name it, rape murders, murder rapes, the whole kit and caboodle. But for this guy, if these allegations are true, to then turn around and sue her, sue Taylor Swift after he grabs her rear end. And when I say bare butt, I mean that because I think she was wearing a thong. So imagine a guy you don't know reaching up your dress and grabbing your bare rear end next to your private parts. I mean, and then he turns around and sues her, and she has to go in court and look at his sorry face. I mean, I'm telling you, I could chew a nail in half, Alexis. And she immediately took action. She went right. I mean, she had a security guard standing three feet away from her, and even that didn't protect her. This man still felt confident enough, she says, to lift up her skirt and put his hand on her bottom. So she went to her security guard, and she went to her mom, and she went to her photographer, and she said, this guy just grabbed me. What do we do? Her team immediately, they went and found him. They had given him the tickets for the radio station where he worked. They knew exactly who he was, and they kicked him right out. And she called and complained. She said she wanted to keep it discreet and quiet. She didn't want to make it a big deal because she didn't want this to define her. She wanted to, to be something that she dealt with privately, and he is the one that went public with it. With all. me is Alexis Therese Truck from RadarOnline.com. Let's just, let me just start at the beginning before we get to the trial for our serious listeners that are just tuning in right now. Take me to the beginning. Taylor Swift is at a concert. She has a meet and greet. Take it on, Alexis. She is at a concert in Denver, Colorado, 2013. She invites fans and friends and business associates to a meet and greet with her before her show. It's about a 20-minute event. People stand there. She takes a picture with them. You say, hello, I did a great job. She says, thank you so much. Thank you for coming to my show. And you move on. This guy and his girlfriend come up to her. Taylor says she thought they were drunk. She says they they were laughing really loudly, really inappropriately and talking. She okay, all right. Drunk. Alexis, Alexis, now, you and I have been together many, many times on different stories. And I have to say, as a non-drinker, it's very uncomfortable when you're around drunk people. I mean, I am certainly not afraid of a cocktail, okay? I get that from my dear father, Matt Grace. But I just simply choose not to drink. So when you're around a lot of people that are okay drunk it's it's a bad feeling and from from what i i can tell of taylor swift she seems to be pretty much on the straight and narrow in that i mean 
she's extremely, let's see, disciplined. Would that be the right word? Her mom is her manager. As you told me the other day, and I didn't know this, Alexis, she has family and friends and a lot of key positions around her because she can trust them. And then, you know, she's having all this parade of people come back for meet and greets. And now here she, in her mind, here these people show up drunk, loud, laughing. You know, she's trying to work. Okay, let's just get real about what's happening. Okay, go ahead. It was work. You're right. It is work. She does the meet and greet before her show, not even after when she can relax. This is before her show. She treats her fans to this meeting with her. So she says these guys are drunk. The girls stay next to her. And she, the guy, when he leans in for the picture, grabs her butt. He's not standing next to her at all. He is standing. You can see his hand is way below her hips. And it's back behind her. And they take a picture. And she says, she just went on autopilot. She didn't know what to do. So she kind of looked at the carpet and she just said, thank you. And they moved on and she was stunned. Nothing like this ever happened to her. This is like Taylor's home, her arenas. This is where she works. This is where she meets with her family. This is where she gets ready to perform, where she does a job that supports thousands of people. They are all in that arena working with her to make sure that everything goes off smoothly. And this guy has the audacity to grab her. So she immediately grabs her security and, and her mom and says, this guy attacked me. Hold on, he Alexis. Hold me. on, hold on, hold on. You're putting the cart before the horse. One more thing. His girlfriend is two feet away. His girlfriend, according to Taylor Swift, he grabs her bare rear end with his girlfriend right there. Yep. She is standing next to Taylor. She's on Taylor's right. She's as close as can be to Taylor. If you look in the picture, there's not an inch between the two of them see the picture of Mueller he is about a foot away from Taylor and all he has on her body is his hand on her rear I want to pause very briefly to thank our partners our partners that make our search for Chase Masner possible make it possible for us to talk about crimes on women make it possible to take your calls and to bring on our awesome guests Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the very best candidates? Well, with ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with one simple click. Then, their technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anybody else. And that is why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter does not depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. As a matter of fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. No juggling emails or calls to your office. You simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. F-R-E-E. That's right, free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Nancy Grace. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Nancy Grace. One more time, to try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Nancy Grace. ZipRecruiter.com. Thank you. 
2017 marks the 40th anniversary of the Summer of Sam. To mark the occasion, Pocketbooks is proud to release a special anniversary edition ebook of Son of Sam by Lawrence D. Klausner. This is an incredible story of how a single man, David Berkowitz, dubbed Son of Sam, the demon-haunted 44 caliber killer, killed six, wounded several others, and terrorized millions of New Yorkers over eight known attacks from July 1976 through August 1977. It's also the story of the greatest manhunt in the history of the New York Police Department, the intimate narrative of the men assigned to tracking down a lone killer. The police task force investigated more than 3,000 suspects, some of them cops, before finally making an arrest. In the meantime, politicians watched a city writhe in panic, newspapers played upon the fears of their readers, and the criminal justice system showed itself incapable of coping with the man who committed such horrendous crimes. Download Summer of Sam by Lawrence D. Klausner today. Royalties earned from the sale of this book will be shared between the victims or their families and the author. In addition to breaking news in the search for Chase Masner and the very recent arrest of Brad Clement, we are closely following the trial involving Taylor Swift as it unfolds in a court of law. Taylor Swift taking the stand. Now, you know, I'm just wondering how everyone reacted when she took the stand. And I I gave our, our readers a little preview at Crime Online dot com yesterday by combing through her deposition testimony in all my spare time alexis therese chuck and she was pretty true to her deposition testimony and i've got to say you know in so many pictures alexis i couldn't really see the full shot i mean soup to nuts head to toe of taylor swift in that picture he was allegedly grabbing her rear end i could only see part of it but when i saw the whole thing I think Alan Duke is with me. Alan, are you still there? Yes, I am, Nancy. Okay, Alan, you know what's coming, all right? (laughs) How does a guy think he can get away with this? And if you look at the picture, you can see her kind of like edging away. and She's got this smile frozen on on her face. And you can see his hand. He said, Alexis, jump in if I'm wrong. He One of his seven stories about what happened is that he touched her rib cage. His hand is not at her rib cage. All right? It's down in the booty area. I cannot imagine how a guy would um, could think that he would get away with this. I mean, was he so drunk? I mean, I don't know that I've ever been that drunk, and that's saying a lot. But how would you ever think that that is okay? And why didn't she just turn around and slap him right then? I think that's probably what would have happened if I'd ever tried anything, which I never would. Okay, I'm really not sure what you just said. It's kind of like a I said he should have been discourse. slapped. He should have been Yeah, slapped. and that's what she's that's what's trying to go down in a courtroom right now. You know, every woman doesn't turn around and slap somebody. And another thing about that, Alexis Torres, yeah, I, I hear what Alan's saying and I'm not discounting it. People may say, Why didn't she just turn around and slap him? You know, for Taylor Swift to slap him, the next thing you do would be sue her for assault and battery. What about that? You know, that was an issue she has to think about. I mean, in this world, I mean, Alan, Alan Duke, don't you watch TV for Pete's sake? Don't Haven't you ever heard the word ambulance chaser? I mean, come on. Really? Taylor Swift slaps somebody? Uh, Alexis Tereschuk. Alexis Tereschuk. If she had turned around and slapped him, what do you think the first thing would happen? What? He, he would have sued her in a heartbeat. But she said, she, you know what, I was so 
done. This had never, ever happened to me. And, and I didn't know what to do at all. And she is also a professional. She said she didn't want to ruin everything. There were so many other people in line that were there for her. And she wanted to give them the same treatment that she would have given them had she not been attacked because she loves her fans and these people that came in this was a special treat for them and so she wanted to make sure that she treated them well and then dealt with this man and the only way she knew how if you go the people there to protect her she had no idea that he was going to do this and and she was stunned she froze she said well this is this is what we know it's turning into a he say she say but she does have corroborating evidence and to me the single most important piece of evidence is the photo alexis tell me what you see in the photo so you see taylor swift she is with this mueller's girlfriend mueller's girlfriend is on her right she's standing so close to her smiling you cannot see taylor's arm you can't see this woman at all then you see a big gap and you see mueller and you see his arm he's in a plaid long sleeve shirt button down shirt and his hand is not visible, but it is the rest. His arm is going down, and it is clearly not on her rib cage or her back. It is definitely on her rear end. But what you also see is her black dress is pushed up. It's not down smoothly. It's not lying straight. And her mom had said she doesn't have hips. This is not the natural curve of Taylor. Of course, everybody has hips, but what she means is hers aren't. She doesn't have an hourglass figure. She doesn't. She isn't that curvy. She's stick thin. And so this shows that his hand is underneath and pushing up her dress. You know, I'm looking at the photo right now. Um, It's exactly as you say, except I think his shirt is more of a paisley-looking thing. She is scooched up to the girlfriend, Taylor Swift, like holding on to the girlfriend. They're smushed together, and... The guy, the DJ's beside her to her left in the photo on the right, and he clearly has his hand on her rear end. I, I see what you're saying about the skirt being scooched up on the right. I, I can't tell how high up it is in the back, but his hand is absolutely positioned. Jackie, come over here. It's positioned on on her rear. Wouldn't you say that his hand is like... On her rear, on her butt cheeks. Smack dab. I mean, there, there's no way around it. And the, what's really killing me is a smile on his face. And don't you know, if these allegations are true, repeat, he has not been found guilty in the court of law. But the, don't you know he ran straight off and told everybody, I grabbed Taylor Swift's AWS. Don't you know it? 100%. He absolutely did. And you're right, it is more of a Paisley shirt than a plaid shirt, almost camouflaged. But he he absolutely, he that grin on his face, he looks so pleased with himself that he's pulling off this stunt where he's grabbing her behind. Let, let's, but let's think about what will the jury be deliberating. I mean, when you look at this photo and she says one thing, he says another, but what else could a jury possibly infer other than he's grabbing a rear end? I don't see anything else. I think what, if, playing devil's advocate what they could say is his hand is on the back of her dress it's not there's not enough proof that it's on her naked rear you know another thing you got to think about alexis is when somebody grabs your rear end where did they grab it i mean you grab somebody's rear end 
in certain regions and you're getting pretty darn close to their genitalia. I mean, I, I don't know about that. I don't know what it, where he grabbed her or anything about it. And I know people think this is, mu- some people think this is much ado about nothing. But I disagree with that. Anytime a woman is taken advantage of, and I don't care if she's my favorite restaurant over at the Waffle House or she's superstar Taylor Swift, it, it doesn't matter. And when people laugh about it and make fun about it and discount it, that all plays into the culture of it's okay. And Alexis, I got to tell you, I've dealt with so many rape victims and sex assault victims. This really rubs me the wrong way. It's just like a tiny, tiny slice of assaults on women. It's, it's ve- I, I got to tell you, it's very upsetting to me to see that smile on his face. And then he turns around and sues her if these allegations are true, Alexis. And she went immediately to her family and they went to his bosses. First of all, they had him thrown right out of the show. And then they went and told his bosses, they said, here is what happened. Now she says, I did not tell them to fire him, but I told them what he did to me. And that was up to them. And they clearly believed her. What could possibly be in it for him to bring this lawsuit? Well, I mean, why would he do it? He says that he, he, she has destroyed his name, destroyed his life. I mean, he, he has been unemployable since this happened. And, and it, it's not just a, oh, I crashed my car when I was drunk all by myself and didn't hurt anybody. This is lewd. This is something with like the one, probably the most famous pop singer in the world. And it was so creepy that he would do this to Taylor Swift in, in her house, basically. You know, you, you've been invited for your job to come in and meet her and say hello. And her music gets played on your station all the time. You have a good relationship with her. And then you assault her. And if Taylor can't, if you can't stop Taylor Swift from being assaulted, then nobody can stop it. Everybody, people can just grab you on the street. They can grab you in your office. They can grab you in your house. This is such a violation of her private space. And, and it just shows that this man had just no regard for her as a person at all. You know, another thing, if she had not fought back, you know, in a lot of corporate cultures, you get a lawsuit and it's just settled. And I understand that. I understand it because it costs so much, so much money for a corporate giant, you know, a big, big operation like Taylor Swift. She's not just Taylor Swift. She's Taylor Swift, Inc. You know, it's, it's multi-million dollars at stake all the time. It's a machine. For them to have to go to trial is very, very expensive. I'm talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's easier, so much easier and so much more cost effective to settle, you know, settle it for 50000 instead of trying it for half a million. Really, seriously, especially when you take into account her time, all her lawyers, everybody in court, that is a lot of money. But she's not doing that. She's not taking, agreeing to a settlement to make him go away. She's saying no, and she's standing up in court. So what's going to happen next, Alexis Terrestrial? Oh, oh, let me ask you one more question before I get to the trial. Alexis, let me ask you this. If she hadn't fought back, 
Can't you see the field day online? All the memes, all the jokes about Taylor Swift. I mean, it's going to be a cold day in H-E-double-L before some other dude sneaks up behind her and grabs her rear end. I mean, really. It actually Allegedly. Worries, it actually worries me that people are going to try to start doing this with other people. Because it, even if she, if she wins, when she wins, I feel that this is going to be a, a great victory for her. But I, I feel like people then get creepy ideas and they're like, well, he, you know, and they are just going to try to do it. It really worries me for everyone's safety. And I don't understand why people just think it's okay to touch anybody at all. And certainly not somebody in a professional situation and in a sexual assault situation. But she, she, you're right. She had to fight back. She never could have settled this at all. It would have been admitting a guilt. And, and she says, I knew a hundred percent exactly what happened. This man grabbed me and I'm not going to let him get away with this. And she said she dealt with it very quietly. She never went public with this at all. They quietly called the radio station. He lost his job. She didn't, she says she didn't. What I'm saying is this is not just about Taylor Swift. No, this is about women everywhere, every day that get assaulted, that get sexually harassed, that get underpaid, that get talked down to the works. I mean, come on, Alexis, you're in the news business. I'm in the law business. How many times do you just suck it up and keep going because it's too much of a D-A-M-N bother to lead yet another crusade? I mean, you know, and it it just wears you down. And I, I don't know all your stories, although we're friends, we talk about good things, stories, our children, but I don't know of a single woman in the business world that has not encountered this. And I'll just start with my mother. She worked her way up from a bank teller to a CFO of a company. And you can only imagine the crap she put up with. And people are, that is why Taylor Swift standing up for herself is basically saying a message to all people, men and women, really stand up for yourself. I, I you know, she obviously has a lot of money and, and can fight this. Not everybody is in her position. But if you see the way that she has been questioned in this, it is probably the most respectful sexual assault case I've ever covered. And I know you've, you've prosecuted so many, but for the ones that I've covered, there are always questions about, well, why was she wearing a thong underwear? Why wasn't she wearing boy shorts underneath or any, a different kind of underwear. Why was she wearing a dress? Why couldn't she wear pants? Nothing like that has been brought up this time. It has 100% been about. Please do not go to the underwear. Please just listen. Because, you know, Alexis, you haven't been on every single show we've done on Taylor Swift. Most guys call in wanting to know, was she wearing underwear? Exactly. Okay. And then when I, and then they want me to explain the whole song thing. Okay. I was doing laundry the other day. <laughs> My son came in. He said, Mom, you've got to get some new underwear. <laughs> and I said, John David, when I get you through graduate school, son, then I'll buy some new underwear, okay? When you have a nice fancy job doing something awesome, then you can buy me a new pair of underwear. And now go do your reading assignment. <laughs> so please don't start with the underwear, okay? I never imagined those words coming out of my mouth, okay? Alexis Terezchuk, we're standing by at the courthouse waiting for the latest in Taylor Swift. Thanks, friend.
Joining me right now is a guest I have really been looking forward to talking to. It's author Riley Sager, which is a pseudonym. It's not Sager's real name. And he is the author of the best thriller I've read in a long time. It's called Final Girls. And you know how hard it is for me to make time to read a book. When I'm reading a book, I feel so guilty because I'm supposed to be writing my own book. But I've just got to say, I I, I loved it. I'm talking about Final Girls. And it's the first thriller from Riley Sager, which I said is a pseudonym, Riley, native of Pennsylvania, writer, editor, graphic designer, who now lives in Princeton, New Jersey. Now, Riley Sager, I'm not giving away the author's identity yet, loves to read, loves movies, loves to bake. Okay, Riley Sager, identify yourself. Hello there, yes. Wait, 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 so you're not a girl? No, I'm not a girl, and a lot of people um, get confused about that, unfortunately. Hey, you know what? I, I, I don't care if you're a little green man from Mars. This book <laughs> is awesome. I, I love the book. Okay, Thank but you. first, let me understand this. You went under a pseudonym because... There were many reasons. Um, one of them was, I mean, because you, you're a published author. You, you know how... Publishing can be weird sometimes. <laughs> Publishing Man, can be great. it really can. And, and it can be weird. And, you know, there's so many books out there, and it's really hard to, like, sort of break out from the pack. And in my previous books, I was not breaking out of the pack, if you know what I mean. I was, like, at the back of the pack. And once you get in that position, you sort of need to just switch things up. And so my agent and I were like, you know, let's hit that reset button on your career and, you know, come up with a pen name. And so that's sort of how it was born. Okay, so Riley Sager is not a woman. But I've got to tell you something. I would never know it from reading Final Girls. The name of his first thriller, Riley, the plot line behind this, it's all about college student, I'm going to get back about how you picked the name Riley Sager, but I've got to get into this book. Quincy, Quincy Carpenter goes on a vacation with five of her friends and comes back alone. She's the only survivor of a massacre. And I mean a massacre like um, Chainsaw Massacre, um, movie horror style massacre. And in one instant, She becomes a member of a club that nobody wants to be part of. A group of similar survivors known in the media as the final girls. One of those final girls is Lisa. And this reminded me of the Ted Bundy case down in Florida, who lost nine sorority sisters uh, to a college dropout's knife. Okay. I, I can't help but attach real cases to the cases you've made up. Sam, who goes up against someone called the Sack Man during her shift at the Night Light Inn. I love that name, the Night Light Inn. And now Quincy, who runs bleeding through the woods to get away from Pine Cottage and the man she refers to now only as him with a capital H. So she's one of the 
final girls left over from murders. And then suddenly, those girls start dying. One turns up dead. I believe it's in a bathtub. Mm-hmm. So where did you get the idea for Final Girls? Well, the term Final Girl is actually film study speak for the girl that's always standing at the end of a horror movie. And like the, the best example is always like Jamie Lee Curtis at, in Halloween. Mm-hmm. And I was actually watching Halloween on Halloween <laughs> and <laughs> like started thinking about like the the concept of the final girl, like she's a survivor and it's always a happy ending for her. And, you know, the movie ends on an upbeat note normally. And I started thinking about how, what it must be like for that last woman standing and how it's really not a happy ending at all. Yes, she survives, but all her friends are dead and she just has years and years of trauma and struggling ahead of her. And so that was really something that interested me to see, like, what is the life of a final girl like 10, 15 years after this massacre happens? Wow. When you were just talking, everything that ran through my head from um, living through my fiancé's murder to that feeling when I walked away from my dad's casket to... uh, tons of crime victims that I have represented over the years that, yes, you you win the case, knock on wood, but then you walk out of the courthouse and it's just you and the world and this memory of this traumatic experience that you live with every single day. And I got to tell you, and I'll just keep referring to you as Riley Sager, but <laughs> that that feeling of it just being you when you said the final girl. Wow. You know what? I've never, I, I know that feeling, and I know that feeling of crime victims when the case is over and everybody leaves the courthouse and they're just standing there and looking at you like somehow I'm going to fix it. Yeah, like it's over, but it's it's not over. It's never over. Mm-mm. No. How how do you know that? I mean, have you been a victim of crime? How how do you know that feeling because it's the strangest feeling and I felt it after every jury trial. I not a victim of crime, but it it was born out of a really really bad year <laughs> when just like Everything just sort of like went off the rails. You know, there were deaths in the family. There was, you know, like a, a job loss. There was, you know, a, a, it just was like this year of accumulating just bad stuff. stuff. And by, you know, the end of it, I'm like, I'm just so tired of this. Like, why is everything going wrong? And I really, even though our journeys are very different, you know, Quincy survived an unspeakable thing, and these girls all did. But in a way, I could relate to that. I could relate to their anger and their frustration and you know, even the sense of, you know, the character of Quincy is very much in denial. She puts on this veneer of, you know, sweetness, and she's a baking blogger, and she has a beautiful apartment, and she tells everyone, I'm fine. 
when she's so not fine. And I was doing the same thing in my own life. And so that really helped me understand and relate to her character. And it made it a lot easier to write her. Wow. Okay, I'm just soaking in every single thing that you're saying. Now, I have an issue, not a problem, but an issue. I haven't quite identified it yet because I haven't slowed down long enough to think about it. The boyfriend, her boyfriend, who is a public defender, she has a problem with him representing people who clearly are guilty. He says they have a right to be represented, and they're both right. Where did you come up with his character? I thought that he would be a very good counterpoint for her um, because she, you know, went through a very traumatic thing at the hands of a specific person. And, you know, I think she's drawn to the safety of his profession and he's, you know, a very solid presence. But at the same time, there is this aspect of, He's defending people who have done horrible things. And that sort of really does cause a rift in their relationship. You know, I I never let myself get close to very many defense attorneys in all the years. Because I may like, you know, some I have. But I may like them, you know, on a personal basis, but... It's really, that's a tough pill for me to swallow that they know they're getting guilty people out of jail and anecdotally and statistically, when people get out of jail, they kind of do the same thing again. Uh, It's just like releasing someone out that you know is going to hurt an innocent person again. That really weighed heavily on me. Let me let me ask you a question. Sure. Your star, Quincy Carpenter, is she patterned after any particular person? No, not not really. I I wanted to, you know, when when you're writing, like the characters sort of form as you as you go along, and it's a very weird process, and it sounds weird when you know I'm talking about it. But no, she really kind of just developed and evolved during the writing process. So she wasn't based on any one person or especially any one survivor. You know, just hearing your voice, it just, um, I don't know what I was expecting. I guess you're just so real. And guys, with me right now is author Riley Sager, pseudonym. Read about that in the Wall Street Journal. (laughs) And he is talking about this incredible new book, Final Girls, his very first thriller by Riley Sager. And I've got to tell you, uh, as a fellow writer, I certainly don't put myself in the same league with you and other greats, but I'm really knocked out by Final Girls and your thinking behind it when you describe Jamie Lee Curtis and that last person standing and now what she's going through. I've got to tell you, it's an incredible book. And all I can say is I'm really, I know you don't want to think about this right now, but I'm really looking forward to your next book. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's it's a lot of pressure, I have to, <laughs> I have to admit. I was, I was working on it when all of the the buzz started to build and, you know, we were getting some really wonderful things said by really incredible authors. And I just 
was like at my laptop going, oh my gosh, I'm never going to top this, am I? But, you know, you got to keep working and, and soldier on and write the best book you possibly can. So I hope it's working. I got to tell you, I'm in line at the bookstore right now, okay? I can't wait. Thank you so much for being with us, everybody. The author of Final Girls, and it is just, it's incredible. I actually broke down, and I went and hid from the twins and read your book, and I I just, I love it. You're awesome. Thank you for spending a little bit of time with us, and God willing, we'll meet again. Oh, yes. Thank you so much. It was great. (laughs) Bye, friend. Mike, bye-bye. Nancy Grace, Crime Stories, signing off. Goodbye, friend. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, You can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.